What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tongues of Fire podcast. I'm your host, Danny Paz, and this is the second episode uh, of the beginning of season two. And uh, last time we talked a little bit about salvation and what it really means to be saved, but also kind of shining a new light on the idea of salvation and kind of putting into a new perspective everything that Jesus had truly done for us so that we may be saved, so that we may be redeemed, so that we may be uh, made new. And, you know, once people get saved, we tend to be in a place where we start thinking, you know, what's next? You know, I've accepted Jesus. You know, I've, I've come to Christ and I, I know Him as my Lord and my Savior. What, where do we go now? What's, what's the next move? What's after this? You know, so I brought... Uh, I brought a very special guest here with me today so we can kind of talk about what comes next. Uh, he's a very good friend of mine. He has been one of the people that I've been closest to ever since I moved to the new church that I'm in currently. And um, he's really just been a, a brother to me and a really motivational. One of the brightest people that I've ever met when it comes to the things of the Word and things of the Bible. And uh, he might never admit it, but I will, uh, that... You know, there's just so much knowledge and depth into what he has to say about the things of the spiritual. Like, it's it's insane. Um, you might know him from his TikTok platform uh, <laughs> where he goes on there and, and he preaches the gospel in such an amazing way. And he's doing such amazing things in that platform. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you guys Mr. J.J. Barraza. Say hi to everybody, J.J. Hello. Um, thank you for having me on. All right. No, it's my pleasure, dude. I've, I've been wanting to have you on for a bit, um, so I'm glad we finally able to do this, yeah, no, you know. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Um, uh, well, I am, my name is JJ, and I mean, I mean, I'm just a servant of the Lord. I just do whatever <laughs> God tells me to do. Uh, I preach, like he said, I preach on TikTok, and uh, I have a platform. God blessed me with it. I don't even know how I got there. Like, all of a sudden, just I started making videos, and boom, just God, like, just mm. gave me that platform. Mm. Like, about 180,000 people follow me, and just mm. seeing thousands Amen. of videos, thousands, not thousands of videos, thousands of views on my videos. It's kind of crazy, like, seeing, I've seen, I've had over, I've had, like, 10 videos that have reached, like, more than a million views. And That's crazy. Like, That's nuts. And it's like, I'm not saying that to be boastful, but it's just like how powerful our God is to use a nobody and just raise him up. Oh, so, no, for sure. And yeah, I preach whenever I get the opportunity. And uh, I like seeing miracle signs and wonders like moving in the Amen. spirit. Yeah, and that, that's a big thing that, that we that we do believe in. We know that the God of, of the Bible, the God of the New Testament is, and the Old Testament is still the God of today. And all the miracle signs and wonders that, you know, you see in the Bible, that you see in the stories in there, that, that they still occur today and sometimes in an even greater measure. You know, that's that's something that, we, that we're very firm in. And I think that, JJ, your platform is, is a testament of a miracle in and of itself. You know, you just kind of started and, and all of a sudden it just got, it got big. You know, it got really big and it's reaching so many people yeah. that, that needed it. And um, especially at, you know the time that you started in, like it, it's very it's very timely. Yeah. It's a it's a very timely platform, and and I think God definitely has a bigger purpose for you. But now, uh, on the topic of what we wanted to talk about today, you know we we talked about salvation last time, or I talked about salvation last time, and uh, you know I think I think this is a place where a lot of people can get kind of stuck, and I think this is the place where people uh, start to say that they're Christian but they don't really walk with God because they accept Christ and they take that first step, they take the opening step, and then they just kind of get stuck because no one tells them what to do next. So what I wanted to ask you is, is what, what is, is holy living? What's godly living? Because we, I think we, even people that don't really understand the concept know that that's kind of what comes next, but they don't really grasp what that means. So could you, like, one sentence define what godly living is? Being set apart. <laughs> Amen. And and what if you were to tell if a new believer were to ask you, you know, if you were, were to walk up to you and ask you, what, what what do I do to be set apart? Like, what does that look like? It's one word, consecration. <laughs> and um, that word really is a testament of like really how we're supposed to live, because the Bible says Jesus calls us to live holy as our heavenly Father is holy. Now I understand we're not going to live perfectly. And that's, it's literally impossible to live perfectly. There's no 
perfect person on this planet. I'm not perfect. Yeah, he's not perfect. We're not perfect. We're imperfect people serving a perfect God. Amen. But we're called to live holy. And what does that look like? How do we live holy? Well, it starts first consecrating yourself. Uh, spiritual growth happens in prayer and in reading the Word. Because when you know the Word, then you know who you are. You find your identity. And then it shows you how to display your life before others as a spectacle of the glory of God. Hmm. The word spectacle is like a display. So when people will see your life and you're consecrated and you're set apart, um, not doing the things the world does. Like if someone says, let's go party this and it's like, nah, bro, I serve Jesus. Bro, I don't do that. I don't go drink. I don't go smoke. I don't, I don't cuss like that. I don't, um, I don't, I'm not, I don't say these, those slurs like other people say, like, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be set apart because I want people to see Jesus in yeah. me. And, uh, because how is the world supposed to see Jesus if we look just like the world? Ooh. Yeah, that's good. And it's kind of funny, actually. I, I knew, uh, even before going into this, I, w I was kind of studying for the episode. I was, I was writing some things down. And for some reason, I knew that, that when I asked you the first question, your answer was going to be consecration. Like, I knew it from the get-go that that was going to be the first, like, the first thing that you said. Yeah. Uh, and, and I do think it's fundamental. I, I do think that's important. You know, I've been, I've been seeing this... Uh, kind of it was it was this quote that I saw the other day and it kind of brought a new light to uh the way that I think about about living in Christ and it's like you know when Jesus hung out with with sinners and he hung out with the tax collectors and all that he didn't change to fit in with them he stood out so that they changed to fit in more with him you know and I think I think we lose sight of that of that end goal yeah. you know and I, I it's sad that I know a lot of Christians use that story to kind of justify what they're doing where we ask them why they we're around those people why right, yeah. they're they're doing those things they're like oh you know jesus hung out with sinners yeah. jesus dined with tax collectors yeah. and all that and it's like yeah that he did you know we're not going to say he didn't yeah. but it was for a purpose it was for a mission he wasn't doing it so he can have fun yeah, you know to, to change them exactly yeah, he didn't let he didn't let the world influence him he influenced the world exactly yeah exactly and and uh i think that that that's a it's a testament into it itself you know that that that's the jesus really kind of rolled out the carpet for us so that we can see what that that meant that we didn't have to completely cut people off you know in in such a way that i think that's another thing that a lot of believers kind of get mixed up on now i'm not saying that it's not okay to cut people off because there are certain times where you are going to have to cut a worldly person off yeah. because they're not changing you know, they're, and they're dragging you down with them, you know, and I'm not saying that that situation doesn't exist, because it does, you know, I'm not going to deny it, um, but I do think if, if you haven't tried presenting the gospel to them, then I don't think there's a reason for you to, you can be friends with them. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think that as long as there's still a mission there, that you can still reach out to these people, you know, now if you've reached out, and they've refused the gospel, you know, to your face numerous times, you know, and they proceed to still try to make you stumble and all right. that, then that's a different situation yeah. entirely, you know, and I think that's where it becomes more justified to be like, you know what, no, I'm done, yeah, yeah. to drop them, you know, because that's becoming in between you and your walk with God. Yeah. Yeah, it's no longer about them. Um, and I, I, I think that a lot of Christians get mixed up with that, where they're like, oh, I'm changed, so I'm just going to drop everybody now. And it's... it's it's uh, it comes out of a place of ignorance and naivety, right. you know. When you first come to God and you don't really realize that there's a mission, you know, you're you're kind of looking for yourself to be saved, which isn't a bad thing yeah. at all, because you know we're all supposed to be saved. God wants us all to be saved, but we kind of forget about everybody else the second we become saved, and we're like, oh no, you know, I gotta jump on the ship and all that. And we kind of forget that there are other people to be saved, and that's our mission. The second that we accept the faith, that that becomes part of what we do. You know, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that, what you said about cutting friends off. But, like, yeah, I agree completely because, I mean, godly counsel is so, so crucial if you want to grow with the Lord. Like, you need to get around people who are on fire so that you can build your own fire. Mm. Because if you are staying around the same old people, you are who you hang out with. Yeah. So if you're hanging around the same old people who are bringing you down, dragging you down, well, most likely you're going to get dragged down with them. Mm -hmm. Because they're not benefiting you, they're not beneficial. But I believe the Holy Spirit will reveal who needs to stay in your life and then who you need to just continue just to pour into and pour into and pour into. Because honestly, my teammates, 
were just knuckleheads. <laughs> and I wanted to quit. Like, because I play basketball, y'all. So, um, I wanted to quit. Yeah. Many, many times. And I was like, you know what? I want to go all in with the Lord. Like, I want to do this, this, and that. And God was just like, nah, like, just stay. Just stay. I'm like, bro, I'm, like, I'm trying to grow with you. What do you mean I'm trying to stay? I need to stay. But he told me to stay. And if I didn't, if I left, I wouldn't have seen six of their souls saved. Amen. So, I mean, it's, 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 I believe the Holy Spirit will reveal who needs to be cut out of your life. But then you need to get under, you need to be mentored, you need to be discipled. Yeah. That is really key. Yeah. Really, really key. Yeah, and, and you said something interesting that I think it's something that, believers know with their head but they don't really know what their heart is that sometimes god will call you back into a place that you don't understand why you're there yeah. or why you're, you're back in there and you're just you kind of fight him with it because you're like you know i thought i thought you know you want to be be the holy and be set right. apart be by yeah. my and people think set apart means by themselves you know and that's 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 not true yeah. but you know just like you with the basketball the basketball thing god will call you into a place where you're just kind of like hey man i don't what am I doing back here? You know, I, I thought that once I accepted Christ, like it was just going to be like, I'm not going to have nothing. You know, right. I'm starting from ground zero. And he said, no, you know, cause you have a mission there, you know? And I think, I think if you were to tell a believe someone who already believes that they'd be like, yeah, I know, you know, I know God will make you uncomfortable and all that, but then it happens. And then God makes them uncomfortable and they're like, Oh no, I didn't sign up for this. You know, this yeah. is not, you know, God, this is not within God's character. This is like the devil. This is, this is my thoughts. This is whatever, because they don't believe that God, would do something like that, and that's not true. And I think that that we we've come to a place in Christianity where we have a lot of head knowledge. You wow. know, we know we know things with with our head. We don't really know them with our heart, though. That's good. Like like we can know Jesus loves you in our head. Yeah. You know, it's it's everywhere. It's on T-shirts. It's on billboards. It's on shoes. It's on everything. Yeah. You know, we can know that with our head. But then times get tough, and you think the Lord has abandoned you wow. and all that, and we don't know it with our heart. Because if we knew it with our heart, we wouldn't doubt Him in the time that we're. Come on you know that we're in a rut you know and i think that that we know that we have a mission with our head we know that it, it's head knowledge that that there are other souls out there that need to be saved you know it's head knowledge that that there's there's a purpose that we're here there's a purpose that we are saved but we don't really know with our heart otherwise you know we'd stop everyone that we pass in the mall or everyone that we pass on the street or the guy that gets you angry because he's honking at you behind you in, in the car you know we would yeah. reach out to them we would save them because you know they're all you know, beautiful souls. Jesus died for them too, but yeah. we don't know that with our heart. You know, we just know wow. with our head. And I, I think that that's a big part of godly living. Yeah. Taking it from a place where it goes into your, from your head into your heart. And then it's it stays yeah. there. Because like how easy is it to have sin go into your head and into your heart? Wow. It's like, it's insanely easy to have sin into your head and then go to your heart. You know, it happens mm -hmm. like like that. You know, and but when it comes to the things of the God, and then we just kind of let it stay in our head, wow. and it's just, it's there. Yeah, you gotta watch what you let in, honestly. Exactly. Yeah, your eye gates, your ear gates, because whatever you let in, honestly, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Like you said, it goes through your brain, it goes through your head, and then it goes straight to your heart. And whatever you let in will eventually come out. Yeah. So if you're, yeah, uh, godly living, that's that's good because <laughs> you can't be listening to that that worldly music that talks about drugs and money and uh hookup culture and all yeah. that type of stuff like dude you gotta let that go man i'm telling you like worship music is fire it is so fire <laughs> like i even i i even got a vibey playlist i got some christian rap like oh yeah i'll be vibing bro like, like people think christian music is lame like you gotta find the right no, artist exactly bro. but um yeah and then people like honestly like for me, as godly living, and I'm not trying to make myself look all high and mighty, but like, bro, no. I don't even watch TV anymore to this point, at this point. It's yeah. just because I'm like, I, you know what, I don't find it any, like, I don't find it beneficial to me. I feel like I'm wasting time just sitting there watching something, you know? Like, yeah. granted, we can watch TV here and there. We can enjoy life. Like, I'm not saying we can't enjoy exactly. life. Exactly. That's not what yeah. I'm saying at all. But like, honestly, like, the more you grow closer to Christ and the more you, like, get in the word and get in prayer and you understand his glory and his presence like everything else in the world like the satisfaction and the and the craving for the things of the flesh like it, it mm. just ceases bro yeah like it doesn't even it, you don't even feel that, that yeah for sure anymore. yeah and i'm 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 kind of on the like 
on the flip side of that, you know, me me as a person, I I love movies no, so much. I I, 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 I love movies. I love going to the movies and all that. But I, it also is a, a place of discernment that yeah. I think a lot of people miss with with that because I think, and this is this is evident in society right now. But I think it's it's more evident in the church, which is is kind of heartbreaking. But I think that we've come to a place in humanity where we just have extremism you're either all the way to the left or you're all the way to the right like there's no kind of like middle yeah there's no happy medium you're either either like all into still the worldly stuff while being a christian you're like you either listen to like all the music and you watch all the movies you watch all the tv or you're in none of it and you're like just in your room by yourself all day reading nothing but the bible all day or you know praying all day or if you're not doing that you're just kind of staring into space because you don't know what to do if you're not doing one of those two things you know and there are people like that i'm pretty sure we know people like that you know that's one or the other and i think that that we kind of miss the gift of discernment yeah you know discernment is a gift and discernment i think allows us to enjoy life to the fullest you know because we're receiving the joy that we have in the Lord, we're receiving the joy of the things of God, but, you know, God also made life for living, you know, God also made everything so that we can be out there enjoying things, you know, it's not wrong to enjoy things, you know, but I think we just need to come to a place where we can discern what is good for us, what's, what's beneficial entering our minds and going into our hearts, you know, and I think we miss that. Yeah, and I think discernment is a big part of, of godly living, you know, because it, it is the spiritual gift. And I don't think God would be giving us the spiritual gift if it wasn't part of how he wanted us to live. Right. You know, and yeah, for sure. Um, Something that the Lord has, like, actually, like, I had this crazy revelation I was reading in class. Like, I literally had my Bible out and everything. <laughs> I got people staring at me. But it was funny, though. And he gave me this word. It said, in order to rebuild, and wait. In order for God to rebuild, the old has to be torn down first. Mm. And so immediately he revealed to me something about real estate. And I and I'm like, okay, real estate. Like, why do you want me to look up real estate? He's like, look it up. I'm like, all right, all right. So I go, I look up real estate, and to find out that if you build a house from an existing foundation, right, you refurbish it, you build like if there's something already there, right, but you build from it and you build, you refurbish it, the house isn't considered new when you put it on the market. Hmm. It isn't considered a new house. Even though it's rebuilt, even though it's refurbished, it's not considered a new house. It's still considered the old. But when you completely demolish the entire foundation of what was there before, and you build something entirely new, that's when it's labeled hmm. as new. So I was like, what God revealed to me is that in order for us as Christians to live in the, the purpose and the life that God wants for us, because ultimately this godly living is for us to grow in our relationship with God, right? So if we're trying to build, grow in our relationship with God, we got to let go of the old so that we, so God can continue to rebuild. Mm. Like our, our, our church's um, verse, Isaiah 50, 58, 12, where it says, he's going to rebuild the ancient ruins. He's going to be a restore restorer of old homes to dwell in and we're going to be called repairs of the breach mm. repairs of streets to dwell in like you know what i mean like we got we got to get back to that place where you know what i'm gonna let go of the old let go of my former sin let go of the things that used to hinder me let go of that addiction you know what i'm saying that's been mm. pulling me away from god and i need to yeah. run towards jesus so i was like that revelation really really hit me Oh no, that's I I I will be honest. Like just beyond all that, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that if you you know destroy the house and just build from it, that it's it's not considered uh, new. Like and I I think yeah, that's crazy. That 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 just speaks for itself. You know, just and it, man, and I or there's so many people that are just still holding on to to the old, the old right? but I think that they're. There's a, I think there's two types of people that hold on to the old that, that I've been noticing um, as I've been kind of pondering things for this. Uh, I notice that there are people that hold on to the old because they want to, mm. you know, because they enjoy it, you know, they like it. And then there are people that hold on to the old because they've been deceived of um, 
condemnation. You know that that they become so ashamed of what they've done that they have, they just run back to it because they don't know anything else. Yeah. You know, and it's like I want to be with God, but I I'm still hold up in this thing, and you know I can't be with God if I'm hold up to this thing. So I'm just gonna go back to what I know. You know, and you know neither of them are good, and I think that that condemnation is not addressed as much as it should be. Yeah. Uh, I feel like when we when we talk about sin issues and when we talk about about chains, we're talking about the people that just kind of go back to it because they like it. Mm. You know, they go back to it because it feels good. But there there's a very real, you know, sure. con- condemnation is it's real. You know, like it's not it's not something that we just kind of pretend is there. You know, it's it's a very real thing that the devil tries to use against against believers, especially new believers. Mm. You know, but it does happen with older believers. You know happens with everybody you know i don't think anybody's exempt from from the devil trying to destroy you because he hates all of us you know it's 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 all of us i don't think there's a single person out there that'd be like you know the devil's never gonna try to do anything to me yeah you know walking with the lord like yeah exactly living in the world like well in that case he's already won so there's no need for him to to get you you know there's and and in that case he in that case he already had you know he already has you he already made the move to get you so Mm -hmm. Even then, you know, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there's, I, I, I don't think there's enough said about condemnation, you know, especially in, in your walk with God, like, like how would you confront condemnation? Like me personally? Yeah, you personally. Um, well, yeah, cause I used to struggle uh, a lot with like, I had a couple sin issues mm. And it was during my walk with, like, trying to grow, like, with consecration with the Lord. Yeah. And this condemnation would literally eat me alive. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, God hates me, this and the other. But then as a Christian, as someone who's, you got to understand the, the, the difference between struggling and then the difference between actually purposely indulging in your sin. Yeah. So for me, I was struggling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'd fall and I'd fall. And there's a verse in Micah 7, 8, I believe. It says, do not gloat over me, my enemy. Hmm. For though I fall, I will rise again. I will walk in, yet I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Hmm. So the enemy wants to gloat over you when you're down, when you fall. He wants to make you feel like God hates you and God's so angry with you. And God is literally just furious and he's ready to stink and slap you in the face when he gets a chance of seeing <laughs> you, bro. But that's not the case you're his kid mm. and you gotta and and like they said grace his grace is sufficient mm. his grace is sufficient that doesn't mean to abuse his grace mm. or, or to purposely you know what i'm gonna sin today because you know god's grace covers me no no you're not a, that, that doesn't make you exempt of, yeah of, of punishment because well you're abusing his grace yeah you don't do that that's not good that makes God. That that's what yeah. makes God mad. But that, that's something you don't do in God's yeah. living, you know. But when that's... you're perfect, when you're struggling, I mean, I believe in Jehovah Mafalti, the Lord my deliverer, hmm. and He, I believe, He can deliver you from that current situ- situation. I feel like praying for someone right now. So, in the name of Jesus, I break every chain of the enemy over whoever's listening's life, Lord, hmm. and on. I pray, Holy Spirit, that You would deliver them all sorts of bondage in Jesus mighty name mm. not hear the chains falling in amen. Jesus name amen amen so yeah I know I felt that ah, but look at that that's dude, <laughs> it's just yeah because I don't crazy. struggle with you that know. stuff anymore bro the Lord delivered me exactly so I believe you know there is freedom there is you know freedom's a truth here. you're not yeah. gonna struggle all your life I'm here to tell you like there is you're not gonna struggle for the rest of your life like oh I'm gonna struggle with this for the rest of my life no you're not because we serve a Lord who's our deliverer mm. and he can deliver you and he will he's got a call on his name yeah yeah and and I think you brought up something interesting with uh, I feel like I say that a lot <laughs> but I'm, I'm, like, I'm like catching myself saying that a lot but uh, it, it was it was something that I kind of caught in what you said where uh, when you were talking about abusing God's grace. You know, and you and you said, "Oh, I'll just you know I'll sin today because God's grace will cover me tomorrow." You know that that's how it works, and and that there's a difference between struggling and, and abusing God's grace, and I think that that brings into the matter intention. You know, I think intention and and the workings of your heart are so important yeah. when when you're on your walk with God because the Lord 
sees not your works, but he sees your heart, you know? And I think that's the most fundamental part. And I think that intention is vital in, in both sides of a walk with God. You know, you have, you have the sin side of the walk with God, um, that it's like, you know, don't sin, live holy. You know, you have a sin issue, give it to God, break it. You know, there's that side of your walk with God. And then there's the, there's the mission side of your walk with God. You know, it's like save souls, salvation, pray yeah. for the sick, cast out demons. And I think intention is important in both of those, in both of those things, you know, and then you have your personal stuff too. And even then I think intention's important. You know, you have your friendships, your relationships, your, right. your jobs, your, you know, your personal prayer life and all that. I think intention's important there too. Because if you're, if you're living in sin and your intention is you want to be free and you want to give it to God, and you and you stumble and you sin, but your the intention in your heart is you want to be free. You, you desire the freedom. You desire more of God. Then I think that's that's where God has His grace on you, and that's where you start walking towards a place where you get rid of the sin issue. You know where you're free from it. And, but intention matters. And I think on the salvation side, uh, on the on the mission side, I think that if you kind of go into the mission just because everyone else is in it and you don't really have the intention of glorifying God with your mission, then I, I think that, that that ministry is dead on arrival. Oh, you yeah, know? definitely. Yeah, Especially it, with all these prosperity preachers nowadays. Exactly. Who just want to make money and yeah. this type of stuff. Like, I mean, like you said, if, you're, if your goal is to glorify yourself and not God, then what are you even doing serving God? You it's might dead. As well just, you're, you're no better than a Satanist who says, do what thou wilt. Yeah. And do what I want. I want to do what I want. Like you're no better than a Satanist, bro. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think we, we get to a place, you know, especially in like, like mission mission work where we're like, oh, you know, look how many people I prayed for, or yeah. you know, I was on the pastor's team on on the mission trip, and look what happened with the pastor's team, or like, oh, I I handed out the most food or whatever. Wow. You know, I think we as people find a way to turn everything into some sort of competition, and and, and competition isn't bad. It's not bad. I'm I'm competitive. Yeah, I'm a really competitive, competitive guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's not that's not bad. But I think when it is getting in the way of, of your ministry and your work, then it's like, okay, buddy, you know, it's not about you. Calm down. You know, you're not all that in a bag of chips. Yeah. Only Jesus was all that in a bag of chips. Dude. You're right. not him. You know, you're, you're not her. You know, it's, it's not, it's, it's not that like big because what would you be doing without the Holy Spirit? You know, it's not about look how many people I prayed for or whatever, yeah. because then the intention shows. Power. Exactly. And that's when the intention shows. The yeah. intention shows that you're praying for these people so that you can get on the, on the posts for the mission, or you're praying for these people so that, so that people can see you and they're like, oh, look at that prayer warrior, you know, or you're you're praying for people so you look more holy for your friends, or you look holy for that one cute person at church, like oh, like it's, it's like, like and, it <laughs> but it's true, it's true, yeah, and it's I true. and I think especially with you know our age range that we get into a place just like oh if I lift my hands higher during worship or if I pray just a little bit louder or if I exercise my tongues a little bit more oh, then wow. they'll notice me and they're like oh what a holy yeah, man or what a holy woman you know and and wow. and it's intention it's right. about intention, intention you know and I think I think I, do I think God has a good laugh when when he sees that in your heart yeah probably you know because that it's funny it is funny you know when you're like ah oh, he thinks he's gonna get attention when he lifts his hands higher or something yeah. like but I do think that 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 doing works with stuff like that in your heart is not the, what we're called to do yeah. because at that point don't minister and at you that know? point I feel like you haven't even let go of the world still you're exactly still that worldly mindset exactly and I feel like the verse well I was I got that I was I think I told you earlier I was like I don't know where to turn to about like this godly living I'm like Lord like what verses and he I hear Colossians 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 in my head and I'm just like okay I turn to the Colossians and immediately I see godly living I'm like yo that's kind of crazy and so the first things that pops in me, and we're talking about that, is set your mind on things above and not yeah. on things of this world, you know. And Colossians 3.3 3, where it says, For you have died when Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ. And when Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Not your glory. You won't share in your mm. glory, but you'll share in his glory. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually have something here that, that I was studying for this that I think goes into what we were talking about, about intention. Mm -hmm. And it's in, it's in James three. 
it's like like the whole literally the whole chapter is about this but i'm just going to read a couple of verses for, from james 3 1 not many should become teachers my brothers knowing that we will receive a stricter judgment for we all stumble in many ways if anyone does not stumble in what he says he is a mature man who is able to control his whole body but i think the verse verses the first verse is interesting because it says that not many become teachers because we will receive a stricter judgment and we have so many people that are trying to be teachers without the right intention in wow. their hearts. We have so many people that, that preach so that they can have the title of pastor, they can have the title of bishop or, yeah. or apostle or something. They preach for titles and, and fame and money. And, and, you know, and it, says, it, even says, it says literally in the Bible that not all are teachers because they will receive a stricter punishment. Because the second that you become a teacher... It's not just you that you're responsible for anymore. It is everyone in your ministry. It is everyone in your, in your house. It's everyone in your, you know, that follows you in yeah, yeah in your congregation, you know that that that's a multitude of souls. And not even that. It's not even the people that are just in your congregation. It's the people that are tied to the people in your congregation. Wow. Like, I don't think we realize how far rooted a bad teacher goes. You know, because it's not just you, it's everyone that comes after you, and it's everyone that comes after the people that come after you, yeah. you know, and it, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a bad lineage, that's what it is, it's a bad bloodline yeah. right there, you know, and, and all those people being fed misinformation until somebody breaks the chain, and it's like, you know, and it's a bad intention, you know, because I think even if you're teaching out of a place of ignorance that the Holy Spirit can still use you. You know, because let's be honest, the the disciples, right? Twelve disciples. I think literally only three out of the twelve were like actually educated. I know Matthew for sure, but I know there were two other ones that were pretty, you know, uh, well spoken about themselves that they were educated. You know, but that was only like three of them. You know, three of them had actual knowledge, and on top of that, they had no Bible. Yeah. You know, the 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 disciples didn't have a Bible to reference. They just kind of went for it. Went. You know, and and the Holy Spirit filled them. It was able to work in them and on their behalf, but they weren't the brightest people, you know. They weren't, they weren't like Einstein's over here. They weren't like these great philosophers or anything. They were, they're just guys, you know. It was, it was just a bunch of guys that that went out there with the right intention. They wanted to do the right thing. They wanted to follow the the Lord. They wanted to bring glory to Jesus Christ, you know. And God was able to use them. Why? Because that was their heart's earnest desire, you know. And even though they were ignorant. You know, even though they, they were they were kind of, you know, not not the most, they no, weren't like theologians or anything, you know, there is ignorance there, but God was still able to use them. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like God has a really good good humor. Yeah. With using the most unqualified people. Exactly. For his great work. Like, exactly. And, but I think he does that on purpose just because he knows that those type of people will not get the glory for themselves, but they'll give it to him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because... There's a lot of, uh, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but <laughs> you get what I'm no, trying it, to it say. happens. Yeah, it happens. And, and I think that, that not, even, not even that they won't try taking the glory for themselves. I think that their testimony, like their story, is just a testament in it of itself. Right. You know, when you're just like, like you know, I was, I was a mathematician and all of a sudden I'm, I'm preaching the gospel with these eloquent words or anything. Yeah. And they're like, that's not me. It's the Holy Spirit through yeah. me. Or like, I never went to school and now I'm out here giving these speeches and preaching these words because, you know, that's, that's not yeah, me. Yeah, no, I, that's literally, okay, what you read yeah. about the teachers, that's what, that's what I, that was my train of thought. Yeah. So that thing you read about teachers being more strict, strict. Yeah. I was like, I never want to like do that type of stuff because I'm scared. I'm going to yeah. like say something wrong and then God's going to punish me for it. And then God prophesies over me through many, many, many people. Oh, you're going to preach. Oh, you're going to preach. Oh, you're yeah. I'm like, no. Like, God, why would you do that if yeah. I want to be strictly? But regardless, like you said, he uses the people and then are uneducated. I'm like, preach any gate, any boom, he gives me a platform. I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to watch what I say. Exactly. I really got to watch what I say because I don't want to mislead anybody. Like, God, make me so intimate with you to the point of where my words are your words. Amen. And so, yeah, like, dude, I don't know. It's kind of crazy how, and then I'm preaching to people all this, all the time and stuff like that. And, but it hasn't been, and, and I, I don't feel like the most qualified person at all. I don't think I'm the most eloquent speaker. I, I, I'm always, Definitely not. I, I'm always thinking of the most, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm always thinking of myself as, like, the most, like, lowest of the low person. Like, I don't think of myself I very, say that either, very highly. But... 
my eloquent speaker, I'm, uh, you don't come to mind, to be honest. Yeah, yeah no, when I think just, eloquent speakers, it's, it's definitely not you, yeah, you know, no, but but look where you're at, but you know. But it's crazy, but it's just, it's crazy what the anointing of God can do. And that's yeah. what, and that's, that's what ties back in, what I really wanted to say about, like, the first word that you said, what word or what sentence describes how to live a godly life, mm-hmm. is consecration. Yeah. And, I, and God gave me a word last night about it. He said, so many Christians feel stuck in their walks with God, no growth, no movement, just constant stagnation completely Mm. just idle and just they have no movement at all what you need is consecration consecration breeds anointing and then and only then will you walk in the new that god has for you Mm. setting yourself apart yeah and that that really goes full circle to kind of how we started because you know we started with with consecration and we kind of started with like you know you accept christ and you don't know what to do next and you get trapped in this cycle at the beginning because you have no idea what to do right. past accepting christ and and that's the truth right there you know you grow stagnant that's, that's i think that was the word i was looking for in the beginning stagnant it's, it's such a good word for it you know and it's it becomes like like a, a stale belief mm. you know it's like like, you wouldn't want, like, a stale piece of bread. So what makes you think God wants your stale belief? Wow. You know? Like, like right? Yeah. And it, yeah. it's it's just... And I think that we know it's wrong when we have a stale belief. You know, because once we've opened our heart to Christ, He, he moves right on in. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, is, he literally says in His Word that He's quite literally waiting at the door, knocking, and whoever you know, opens it, he shall come in. Like, he is literally waiting there. So the second you open your heart to Christ, he just, you know, he just yeah. go, he goes right on in. He makes himself at home, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, as he should, you know, our hearts belong to him and all that. But, uh, you know, we, we have a sense that it's wrong. We have a sense that there's there's something more than what we're living for, you know, and, and but we don't really know what to do with it. Yeah. And the main mm-hmm. things that, that God's been put on my heart recently, and that's so crazy that you said that, mm-hmm. is that many Christians are longing for that more. Yeah. Are longing for that more. But they don't know I, where I, to get it. They, have no, they don't know where to get it. They don't know what to do next. And I've, and many, many people have asked me, well, how do I go? I want to be like you. Like, how do I get to that level? How do I get to I'm like, bro, I'm not even, like, that much older than you, bro. <laughs> like, like what? I'm like probably even younger than people are older than me. Yeah, tell, I've seen me, it. I've seen it. Yeah, asking me this stuff. So I'm just like, the more well, Jesus gives you a mission. You have a mission, like you said earlier. You have a mission to preach the gospel to every living creature. Many people are like, I'm not called to preach. Jesus literally said in the gospels that your job is to preach the gospel to every creature because until he comes. The whole world has to know about him in order for him to come. And there are many, many, many unreached mm. people who are still lost in their ignorance, lost in their... And, and many people don't even haven't even heard about the name of Jesus. And then on top of Mark 16, 17, where it says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In mm. my name they shall cast out demons. They shall lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up deadly serpents and it shall by no means hurt them. So, what does that even mean? Who is serpents? The devil is the serpent. Yeah. Our job is to dismantle the kingdom of darkness and to build and expand the kingdom of God. That's our mission. That's the more. That's the thing that we should be seeking and striving for. But it first comes from a place of consecration. And consecration breeds anointing. And when Amen. you have anointing, you're able to cast out demons. You're able Amen. to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I literally laid hands on my, my dad's friend a couple a couple weeks ago and I get a, uh, who had cancer. Yeah. A couple, a couple days later, I get a text. He's healed of cancer. I'm going casting demons out of people. Even on the phone. I did it over a FaceTime call. Yeah. Like the power of God has no bounds, man. Oh yeah. It has absolutely no bounds. So people who feel stagnant, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. there is more for you. You just gotta seek the Lord because the Bible says that He's a rewarder of yeah. those who seek Him. Diligently. Yeah. For sure. And uh I wanna read something here that I think kind of feeds into what you're talking about. In first Peter first Peter thirteen, uh it says Therefore with your minds ready for action, be serious and set your hope completely on the grace to be bought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, and there there are a couple things here that we have to have our minds ready for action. 
we have to be in a, in a space where and I think we don't really realize how how much goes into having our minds ready for an action mm-hmm. you know you have to think about the action you have to think about what you have to do to prepare for the action you have to think about what would happen after the action you have to think about where you're at right now relative to the action like like even something as simple as as jumping right jumping forward that we have to we think about jumping we think about what we have to do to jump you know you have to bend down you have to crouch you know bend your knees then you have to spring up we have to think about that then we right. think about where we are relative to where we're going during the jump then we have to think about you know, how we're going to land mid-jump, you know, like, there's so many things that we think about for a simple action, yeah. you know, and this isn't, a, like, a simple action, this is, like, like, powerful action, yeah. like, this is supernatural action, so, like, how much more should this be on our minds, how much more should we have our minds ready for this, this action, you know, and, and it comes, it even says right here, what it comes, what that comes with, it says that comes with, at the revelation of Jesus Christ, wow. you know, it's, it's one verse, you know, and, and this, this verse is in a section here that is a call to holy living. That's what this is. And, you know, there are so many things that, that go into that. You know, we have to have the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ can, can tell us the action. Right. You know, he can tell us where to go and all that. And I, I think we kind of overcomplicate hearing from Jesus in our walks. Yes. yes. I think we overcomplicate it a lot. And, and kind of going into your examples of power that you, that you were talking about, um, I guess my testimony on my end of that is when, uh, I think it was last year that we had youth camp. Was that last year? Yeah. Yeah, it was last year. And and we had we had no, like, service up there. We had no internet. No, we had no nothing. You know, so, oh, so yeah. like, my, set, my cell phone was like a brick up there. Like, it, it couldn't do anything. You know, up there, yeah. and and that was that was when I realized how much time you know you actually waste away on your on your phone and all that. I'm not so I'm not true. saying I'm not saying don't be on your phone ever. Yeah, you know, like that's that's extremist. But you do you waste a lot of time there. You spend a lot of time. I'm still struggling with that. You know, I I struggle with like spending hours on end on like like Instagram reels or or, or on YouTube or stuff like that. You know, like it's a struggle, especially today where everything is kind of catered to keep our attention. That's a whole nother conversation, though. But that's why so many people in the faith lack in prayer because yeah, their attention spans are. It, that's exactly where I was going. That's exactly where I was going with this. Where uh, I know I was up there. Well, we were all up there, but I, I was I was up there, and and uh, you know you you don't have your phone. You don't have have your your video games. You don't have your stuff at home that you keep yourself occupied with. So there's not really a lot to do like up there past what we already had planned on the itinerary so like during the break times and all that you either eat or you just kind of sit there waiting for the next thing yeah you know and uh so i remember i would i would get into my word up there because i i i don't know it's a bad way to think about it but at that point it was like you know i have nothing else to do you know i have nothing better to do so i i you know i, I guess i can sit here till the next thing and get in my word you know that i can sit here and worship i can sit here and, and do that i can take the time and and it was it was up there where I I realized the the display of power that 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 can have, when when you're doing the, when you're doing that when you're really apart and it was like like a day, right? It was like like two days a day, yeah, like it was not that long up yeah. there, right? So I'm not telling you you have to go like forty days and forty nights without without internet or anything. Like I'm not saying that. Like this this happened to me over the course of like two days, yeah. right? It was two days up there without my phone without anything. And it's not like I had no social interaction because, like, all my friends were up there. You know, like, it's not like I was, like, in a cave. You know, I wasn't going full John the Baptist up there or anything like that at all. But it was, like, two days without my phone, just reading my word, just worshiping uh, in my downtime. And and we we saw a demon manifestation up there. Um, It was after, like, the last service that we had up there, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was after the last service, and we saw a demon manifestation up there. It was one of the guys that worked there, too, right? Yeah, he worked there. He was in there, and he had a demon and started manifesting. And what what do demons do? They like to talk. They they love to talk, dude. And and we let them get into our ear too much, you know. Yeah. But they but they love to talk. So this demon was here talking to us. He was talking down to us. He was trying to, you know, telling us that we have no place to be casting them out. We have no place to right. this or that. We have no authority. We're we Christians or that. Like, who are you to be talking to me and all that? And and we were praying for him. It was a corporate prayer. You know, he was talking. And and I was there. I was I was in the circle praying for him. And I have no idea what came over me, but it, it started bubbling up inside of me, hearing this demon talk. 
you know it bubbled up to the point where where i stood i stood above the guy that was that was manifesting on the floor i i stood there i was i stood above him and i i just said you know what in jesus name not a word out of you shut your mouth close it you know not a single not a single other word out of you and for the rest of the night not a, not a word nothing came out of the demon after that like he would, it, it was, it would just make noise after that. Not a single word came out of it after that. And that was the first time I'd really exercised that, that kind of authority, before that I didn't know I had. Because I'm, uh, I'm not a very authoritative person by nature. I, I, I'm, I'm a more submissive person by nature. Um, and and, and that was the first time that I really kind of come to a point where I, I saw the situation. I took authority over what God had given me, you know. And it and it worked, you know. It it, it happened, you know. And and I I remember just like I stopped praying because I was so taken aback. I was like, "Yo, what? Like yeah. like I did that? Like 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 that happened? That just happened? Like that's crazy, right. you know." And it was like two days of consecrating myself, mm. you know. And it's like, can you imagine what we could have done if it was like a week, two weeks, three days, you know, like. Yeah. Like, can you? I, I think we're, we're we undersell how much consecration kind of affects our walk. Yeah. You know, and, it, and there's so much that can be unlocked when you consecrate yourself. And I'm not talking like crazy, like religious, like like I'm not talking like going underground completely. I'm not talking about going off the grid for like a year. You know, yeah. I'm not talking like I'm literally talking just taking time. You know, take time realize where you're struggling and and kind of cut those areas off and and just sit listen to god you know take the things that are taking most of your time maybe stop them for two three days and just read your word instead and you like it's astounding the places that you'll go with just that you know and then you start living your whole life like that and it's just then it's just it goes crazy it literally it goes crazy you know and is like i think we we kind of oversell what we need to do to get there. You know, we, we look at these people with authority that, that heal people, that cast out demons, yeah. that do miracles, and we're like, oh, I have to be in a cave for like 30 years to do that. You yeah, know, I have, to, I have to be in my room, in my closet so for like crazy. 10 years or anything yeah. to, to, to even begin to get to that point. Like, I can't get there, you know? I, I sit in my room and play video games. I'm never going to be able to, to get there, you know? And it's, it's not true. You know, we, the, Lord, the Lord specializes in using a little to make a lot. Like, look at... Literally, most of the miracles that Jesus did is him using a little to, to make a lot. You know, look at creation. He used nothing to make a lot. You know, like he does not need much to make a lot. It says faith the size of a mustard seed. You can move a mountain. You know, and it's like I, I do think that we kind of forget that. And it goes back to the head knowledge but not heart knowledge that we know that he, you know, faith size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. But we don't really believe it with our hearts. Mm. Otherwise, we would consecrate ourselves just a little bit wow. and have that, that payoff, you know, and it. And we don't really realize it until it happens. And it and mind you, it happened with me like unintentionally. Like I wasn't I wasn't at a place where I'm like setting myself, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go off the grid for a couple of days, I'm gonna see what the Lord does. No, it was just like I have no service up here, you know, so I will spend time with Jesus and all that. You know, we're up here for a reason and all that. And and it, it went off, it blew up, it went crazy, you know, and it's like I do think that we that we need to control the way that we think about these things. Right. Yeah, for sure. so crazy yeah. um about what you said earlier about like oh you think like people are high and mighty for they cast out demons because they do this because they do that and as the people look at me like yeah. literally one of our friends the other day he was like bro he said because i sent him a meme and he goes bro you watch memes? <laughs> i remember that yeah. you watch memes? like what i can't picture you watching memes like i'm sorry if i put you on a pedestal <laughs> But I I can't imagine you watching memes. And I'm like, bro, like, I'm human too. Like, just because yeah. I, I do all these things doesn't mean, like, I, I'm i all high and mighty and I'm bigger than you. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, my gosh. It's funny. But there was one thing that, that a revelation from a while, like, ten minutes ago that you talked about, how you, that one verse you said something about the one action. Uh-huh. And so I was like, our action that we've done, revelation of Christ, is giving our lives to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Salvation. First step, salvation. Yeah. But we're not just saved to go to heaven. Mm. 
and we're not called, like he said, we're called to live a holy life, right? So we're not called to just go to heaven, but we're called to bring heaven down to earth. Hmm. And that's what I really firmly believe that someone needs to hear, like, we're not called just to make it to heaven, and then that's it. We're called to give the King of Kings gems on his crown, like yeah. souls. We're called to win people for Christ, and man, that's literally what it's about. We're not called, to, we're, not, we're not saved for ourselves, we're saved for others. Yeah. And that's what I think where the, a lot of selfishness comes in with yeah. a lot of believers, is that, oh man, I'm saved, like, you know? I'm just going to continue living my life as a nice Christian man, or a nice Christian woman. Hmm. And regardless, it's just like, but are you really loving if you're staying silent? Yeah. No. If you love someone, I'm going to compel you until you believe that there's a real hell and you're headed there if you don't turn. Hmm. Like, granted, that's harsh to hear. Oh, yeah. But if you're, if, there, if you're in the middle of a road and there's a truck coming towards you and I don't say anything and you don't notice it, I'm going to scream at you and I'm going to even run and push you out the way. And you yeah. might be like, why did you push me? Then I'm going to show you there's a truck that just almost hit you. Did you not see that? Yeah. You won't appreciate what happened in the moment, but when you look back and see it from the bigger perspective, yeah, you'll understand. So you're not just, so for the believer that wants more, you're not called just to be saved. You're called to save others mm. and pull them out of fire. So that's yeah. also your mission. And, Pray without ceasing, and to stuff like that. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. It's like you know what the will of God is for your life. Pray without ceasing, and something else. I forget what the other one was. But pray without ceasing. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's not. <laughs> no, and and I think that fits into it beautifully because uh, yeah. if we if we really boil down what it is, it's it's just becoming more like Christ. You know, Christ was consecrated. Christ loved. Christ prayed without ceasing. He did all these things. You know, he, he was the, the perfect example. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and we have to get to a place where, where we, we get so close to God that the darkness in us has no choice but to run from his pure light. You know, because as soon as you turn the light on in a room, the darkness kind of, it scatters. Mm. You know, it doesn't become as big. You know, and the like, like we have a lamp in the room that we're in right now. And if I were to grab this lamp and I were to like point it at like the shadow that's in the corner over there, the shadow would disappear. Right. You know, because it's getting closer. The, the exactly, you bring in the light closer to where the shadow is, and the shadow vanishes. Why? Because shadow and light can't operate in the same place. You know, and we we just need to draw closer to God in that way. And and I think something you said earlier and. It was it was a point that I wanted to ad address um, where you were talking about about community and you were talking about being discipled and you were talking about people that, that you surround yourself with. I was like way in the beginning. I don't know why I'm just bringing it back up right now, but <laughs> yeah, that was like that was like one of the first things. But um, yeah, and and I think that that connection is undervalued and and it's important, you know, because. Not only do do we um, not only do do we draw closer to God so that His light can can scatter our shadows, but but the people around us should also be light. They should also be the ones, you know, kind of motivating us forward, motivating us to be like, hey, I got some darkness here that you pointed out to me, you know, hey, I got some I got some shadows under the bed that I didn't even realize I was battling until you said something about it, wow. you know, like. Like we need, we need strong connections. Yeah. You know, we need, we need those bonds to help us with godly living. And Why? Be because and to be accountable. We need someone to hold us accountable. Exactly. Bro. That's literally what yeah. a lot of people need. Because you're lack. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. Like, am I doing this right? Like, seek someone who has yeah. wisdom. Yeah. And they'll give you the answer. They'll hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. But you just gotta seek godly counsel if you don't seek it well then you're probably just gonna stay where you're at yeah without a mentor in my life honestly i do not feel like my pastor who mentored me i mm -hmm. do not feel like i'd be the same person oh yeah i was today for sure if i was not mentored no no yeah there were there was um 
you know, when I, when I was being mentored, there were some things that, that I went through at the time that I, I do not think that I would have been able to get through, uh, on my own right. like that. Like I, I needed, I needed the wisdom. I needed the mentoring. And, uh, you know, thinking about it, I think if like, we're going to go back to the first question that, that I asked, you know, if a new believer to come up to you and say, you know, what do I, I've accepted Christ. What do I do for godly living now? I, I think it really just boils down to, to two things. I think it's drawing closer to God because that with that comes everything else. Yeah. You know, the closer you get to God, the less you have the, um, the more you realize your issue with sin. The closer you get to God, the more you start loving others because yeah. He starts giving you His vision. The closer you draw to God, you know, the, and, and I know that, that that's, that's head knowledge, you know, it's like, it's like kind of obvious, but but new believers they don't they don't know how to do that, yeah. you know they they don't know that they're just like okay I'll go to church and, and, and that's that's mm-hmm. it, you know yeah, and I it's like some, I got one verse yeah seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added yeah unto you not just seek Him first in your life as uh like as a just a number one but a number one in every mm-hmm. area in there in my schooling in my job in my workplace, in my, uh, all the things in your life that you do, in my cooking, <laughs> like stuff, yeah. even, even little things. No, yeah. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And I love how you said the darkness and the light. Yeah. Darkness cannot overcome light. And I really believe when you draw close to God, he'll shine the light on the dark things in your life. And he may reveal some things that you didn't even know that were there. Yeah. And it'll be better for you because then you'll remove those things and how much more your life will be so much better. Yeah. And how much more you'll walk in the anointing that God has for your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, the it's it's drawing closer to God you know? and allowing His life to, His light to overtake your life. Um, getting in your word, worshiping on your own. And the second thing that I would say is is find godly counsel, because I think that that helps everything else. I think those two are the most fundamental, and I think that that if you need evidence of that, you literally just look at the gospels. Those were the two things that that Jesus had, that the that the apostles had, that the, the disciples had, that they were close to God. They were, I think, they were the closest than anyone ever was. Jesus was right there. You know, God incarnate was like right there. He would eat with them. He would, he would sit with them. He would play with them. He would laugh with them. Like he was there, like right in the physical, right there. You know, they were close to God and they had each other. It was godly counsel. You know, and and those were that's all they needed. You know, they they didn't have again. They didn't have schooling. They didn't have a, a Bible. They didn't have a. They just needed to get close to God, to draw closer to Him, and they needed the godly counsel. Yeah. Um, and something that I, I just thought of right now, that before, kind of like my, I think this would be my final thought, that um, I think that we need to seek godly counsel, that we need to surround ourselves with godly people so that we may one day become godly counsel mm. for others. Wow. You know, kind of going back into into loving Everybody, you know, the love that Jesus has is, is we we tend to as Christians, and oh, this just came to me right now, we we tend to to find our 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 twelve, you know, we we find our crew, we find our, you know, we find our squad and all that, and we we don't we don't let anybody else because it's right. like this is who I'm with, this is this is this is my my tribe right here, you know, that we're inseparable, we do everything together, like this is it. You know, and and we kind of get godly counsel for us, and then someone comes outside of the group asking us a question. We kind of turn them down. Why? Because it's like you know, I don't know you like that, you know, or or I don't talk to you like that, or you know, I'm I'm doing something else with these guys. Like I I can't sit and and talk to you about this. No, I. It's we get the godly counsel so we can give it to others because how much more do they need it? People that don't know than we do, you know, and and wisdom without an output, it dies with you. You know, it, it, it you take it to your grave and what is what does it contribute? You know, it contributes nothing if you don't if you have that, that impartation, if you have that wisdom 
within you and you don't do anything with it, then it's like, why do you even have it for? You know, if you have all these people pouring into you, you know, making your life better and you don't really tell anybody else any of these things, it's like, like, what's the point? Like, it, it, it dies with you, you know, and I think we, we say that we love everyone, you know, but we don't take the time to, like, sit and become godly counsel for other people, That's so good. you know, and, and I think that, that we, we, we grow content with where we're at, that we're, we're in our groups, and, and we, we come to a place where we're all pulling each other up until we're all at the same level, and then we just kind of stop. Because we're all, at the, we're all in the same place, mm-hmm. and no one can pull us higher, you know. Because we don't get discipled, we don't get, we we don't have the humility to seek somebody that we know has more knowledge than us. We just kind of stay in our friends for godly counsel, and they can only take you so far. Because once you get on your friend's level, that's it. Now both of you are at the same level, and neither of you is going higher. You stay there, mm-hmm. and then what happens? You grow stagnant. You yeah. grow stale because you're not growing at a higher level. You're staying at the same level, you know, and you're not, and you don't reach out. Why? Because this is my squad. This is my troop. This is my tribe, you know, and we're all at this, at this amazing place, you know, and we've been at this amazing place for like two plus years, three plus years, you know, and it is what it is, you know, and it's like, no, seek people that know more than you. Seek wisdom. Seek to be discipled. Seek that even if they just know a little bit more than you do, you get that. You get higher so you can then bring everyone else higher. And you keep doing that. You keep building. Mm-hmm. You know, and then once you guys are, are you know, once once you're at a place where you're no longer ignorant, then you reach out to everyone else and be like, hey, you know, you're struggling with this. Well, I was there too and this is what the Lord did with me. Or, hey, you got questions about this? I did too and I asked somebody else and this is what they told me, you know. You're like, hey, you you don't know how to pray. Let's hear it. Like, I had the same issue. Let me help you. Let me pray with you. Let me help you, you know. Reach out to other people. Be godly counsel. We have godly counsel so that we can be godly counsel. You know, and, and we just need to love on each other like that. You know, and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I... I it comes from a place of humility, for sure. Kind of, because you do have to admit that somebody knows more than you do. Always. That, that you have to admit that, that somebody can help you and not... I think it's easier to admit that one of your friends knows more than you do than, than like, a mentor or something. Like, and, yeah, I think we just... It's just love and humility. That's yeah. what we need to have when we start considering counsel, we start considering our friendships. That's That's the most vital thing in our walk with God in godly living right there. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you? Uh, a final thought from final you? Thought. Yeah. Well, that's kind of crazy how that tied in. Um, my final thought sort of is just your life should testify of God's goodness. And the way we mm. do that is by living a godly life. Mm. And I love how you said how people are searching for something and if we stay complacent and we stay in our apathy and our indifference and all that type of stuff we stay in that stuff yeah then we're not even going to help the people around us and people are not just looking to hear from you they want to see yeah jesus told the disciples what did you go out in the wilderness to see yeah and it was john the baptist they didn't he didn't say here bro was a preacher yeah why wouldn't you go out to listen to a preacher no jesus asked what did you go out there to see yeah. And what really speaks to me is that he told him to go see a man that's on fire. Hmm. He wanted them to go see fire. Not yeah. to just listen, but to see. So our lives, as we live godly, as we live holy and sanctified, and in this walk with Jesus, we are called to live a life without reproach. A hmm. life like a fishbowl. Like we've had that analogy oh, yeah. all the time. A fishbowl, there's always someone watching mm-hmm. always someone watching people come up to me and say why did you do that and I'm like you weren't even there when I did that but yeah they're like yeah but I saw you and it's just like what where were you like I don't even remember that yeah but it's crazy people are always watching the way the way like the way people see you is the way they want to see God yeah because people are like I said people are searching the truth and if you live out 
Yeah. The life that God wants you to live out. If you live by live your live your life out as a Jesus freak, people hmm. are gonna remember that. If you, yeah. you live your life as a sold out believer, someone who carries his Bible at school. Yeah. I, God calls me to do that sometimes. I'm literally just carry it around all day. Like, yeah. Like, why do you have a Bible? Bro, because it's the word of God. Like, that's my sword, bro. I'm strapped always. Yeah. Strapped. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. People are are searching for answers, and we have the answer. And they're not just, because some people just don't want to hear about it. You yeah. can just blab all day long about Jesus. But if your life doesn't reflect Jesus, they're not going to listen to you. Yeah. How am I going to listen to someone that talks about plumbing when they're not a plumber? Mm. Someone who has That's no good. education knowledge. Yeah. Someone who doesn't have anything. They've never been to plumbing school or trade school. Well, why would I listen to you? You yeah. don't have any knowledge. That's what the world sees, though. Like, if, they, if they've learned from their dad and stuff like that, that's different. Man, yeah. I don't know that. But regardless, they're not going to listen to people with someone who they haven't seen do it before. Yeah. They will know us by our fruits. Yeah. For we, sure. God has called us to live so that we bear much fruit. He told that fig tree, die. Yeah. Because he wasn't bearing, that tree was not bearing fruit. I don't want to be that fig tree, man. Mm. I want to be the tree that produces fruit always in and out of season. Yeah. Out of season as well. Even when it's, how is this fruit growing? I don't know. He's going through a <laughs> tough season. In, he's going through a tough season in his life. How is this still happening in him? Why is he still happy? Why is he still joyful? Why is he still full of peace and not full of. Uh, just anger and so much this. He's going through so much because like I don't know. I got yeah, Jesus. I don't bro. know. And that's where the seed comes from. Come on. That's how you plant this. Yeah. That's where that door opens up because people are looking for something. And if you're if you're a Christian listening to this mm. and you're not living a godly life, I hope that convicts you. Yeah. Because you need to mm. live a holy life because somebody is watching you and their Oof. soul resides on how you. The gloves are off, dude. He's going at it. That's good. I'm that's going good. Yeah, right yeah, right now. And 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 uh, that's my closing thoughts. Yeah, that's your closing thoughts. And I'm gonna leave you guys with with this quote I heard that that had been it had been in my mind this entire time. I had no idea where where to say it. Uh, it I, I read it and it stuck with me. But I, I'm gonna leave you guys with this quote because it goes beautifully into what you just said. You know, that most most worldly people will never pick up a Bible your life is going to be the only gospel that they will ever receive. That's so good. You know? And that I read that, and I was like, ooh. Like, that that right there inspired this whole episode when I read that. I was like, oh, I need to talk about this, because that, that, we forget that, you know? And that, that's what I want to leave you guys with, you know? The, be a good gospel. What's the gospel? It's good news. Be a good gospel, you know? Don't be a... A fake gospel, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be a gospel that's trying to look like a textbook. You know, like yeah. that's the, be the gospel. High with your shoulders back, you you carry the good news, bro. Exactly. Like don't look with your head. Don't roll with your head down. Like you said earlier, we have authority. You didn't know you had that authority, but now we walk confidently because we have that authority. Mm. Yeah. Head high, shoulders and that's, back, and walk forward. That's a whole different. Yeah, but. We're, we're closing with that. Thank you, JJ, for being on the show. Thank you for this because right. there are some fire things that you've said here. You know, and I look forward to having you on here again soon. Praise you know, praise God. All right, I'll see you all in the future episodes. We have more coming in the next couple of weeks. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. And um, you're, you're in our thoughts and prayers. We love you guys. Jesus loves you more importantly. You know, go be the light and go be the gospel.